Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back. He's coming back miss everybody. Whew. Uh, can't wait to get back to normal. Can't wait till we all get back to church, can see everybody at the front door, see everybody's kids running around. Um, it's something I look forward to. Uh, shifting gears to communion and to draw on something that Pastor Corey said, I think in his Wednesday devotional about tradition and how it relates to Christianity and how we've become tied to that tradition. One new tradition or breaking of tradition with communion is we get to eat whatever we want for communion. Cookies, pancakes, the options are limitless. Jesus didn't intend for us to uh, partake in um, communion with a specific food or drink in mind, so that's something new that I think is cool, kind of a silver lining. Uh, wow, 2020, what a year so far. But I think it's right in our wheelhouse. You know, I have a hard time wrapping my head around and ears around Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus is innocent, and he bore all our sins in a very, very extreme amount of pain and suffering. Um, I, I st just have trouble coming to grips with that much... Um, or that heavy of a sacrifice, but how awesome his love is for us. And suffering and sacrifice fits right into this time because it's the answer to our way out of this. So many of us who aren't as vulnerable to the virus or the effects of the virus are being asked to sacrifice for those that are. And I'm pretty sure Jesus says something to the effect that how we treat the least of these is how we treat him. So there's a talking point out there that this virus only really affects the elderly and the vulnerable. And while true, uh, something makes me cringe about it. And I don't know what is yet because that does not give us a permission structure to let our guards down or act in a manner that puts them more at risk. So I believe this time is right in our wheelhouse um, for Christians and that we are asked to... Um, Maybe be furloughed from a job or wear masks or wash our hands and stay six feet apart and maybe do things we don't like, but they will in the end help those most vulnerable. So um, I expect us as Christians to step up, to do the right thing, and, and to love one another, which brings me to a next point. If you're like me, your screen time on your phone has <laughs> gone up dramatically. Um, I've gotten into some awesome debates with people from various backgrounds. Um, Democrats, um, people that think the economy should be open now, people that think it should be uh, locked down until we find um, an answer or a vaccine. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, people that liked uh, Obama, people that liked Trump, people that liked neither. Um, and to draw on something that Jesus commands us to do is love our enemies. And I think it's not just something as simple as saying, oh, okay, yeah, I love them. Think about that. To love somebody, we have to know them. We have to talk with them. We have to interact with them via Zoom or whatever platform that keeps you six feet apart from them. And we have to interact with them, get to know them, um, so that we can love them. And then if you love your enemies, you therefore erase any enemies you have. So... Um, something that's taken me a long time to do is remove any contempt for anybody on the, those are air quotes, those are one set of air quotes, those are a lot of air quotes, remove any contempt for the other side. So 
I encourage you to engage with those people on the other side, whatever that side may be, even Cowboys fans, and love them. Love them with all your heart. Do so in a meaningful way. And I think that is a recipe that will get us out of this polarization that we currently uh, are in that is not uncommon for America. You know, you look back on the Civil War, you look back on the debates in the Federalist Papers um, and how we were going to establish the government, whether it's going to be the Articles of Confederation moving from there to the Constitution, do we get, how much power do we give the federal government? Whew, long story short, we've been in these polarizing times before, but the answer is to love your enemies. So, everybody, I love you. If you like Donald Trump, I love you. If you like Joe Biden, I love you. If you like them both, if you don't like any of them, if you like a third-party candidate, I love you. Um, so, with that, I hope to see you all soon. On yonder hill, the darkness flew, the morning broke. In light and dew When day had come Again anew And all we sinners sang In muck and mire Our wretched souls Had fallen to the depths below Hell deserved But there was hope And all we sinners sang
yonder hill the darkness flew the morning broke in light and dew when day had come again anew and all we sinners sang and all we sinners sang and all we sinners sang Well, good morning, everybody. Um, before we get started, I just wanna I wanna pray for for you all and and for this time that it'll be a time that honors the Lord. So why don't we pray, Father God? I just I come to you and I thank you for just your faithfulness, your goodness, your grace, your love, and just all that you are to us. So many adjectives that we can't even fully describe you. And, and thank you that uh, through these uh, unique days, you are in control, you're sovereign, and we can trust in you. Thank you for how you're at work in your church all over the world, including here in El Dorado. And Lord, I just ask you to continue to protect the real life body as you've been doing, grow it, strengthen it. Um, may everybody just continue to trust in you and and uh, seek you daily and, and be of the same mind and just following their their leadership. And Lord, I just ask you to continue to grow the church in number. That means uh, as people are out in, in the community sharing their faith, Lord, do, your, do what only you can do and, and, and draw people to yourself. And so, again, I just ask you to be with us today and bless this time. In your name I pray, amen. Well, yeah, it's uh, great to be back with you all. Um, so we are Lee and Tina Swanda, and this is our... Our children, Madeline, Ben, and Laney, and our, our little dog, Rusty, who is back in Slovenia. Um, we wish we could be with you all in person right now. And I know for Corey and many pastors all over, they, they wish we were meeting together, gathering together in person. But they're trusting in, in God's what God has for us in, in these unique circumstances. And for us, yeah, it's been difficult. You know, we've been back. This is a time to be connecting with our friends and family, our support base, especially we've been in the Kansas City area the last couple months and not been able to do much. And that, to be honest, is a little frustrating. But like you all, we have to trust in God and His His sovereignty that He's in control. And so, yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, we've been serving in Copra, Slovenia, on the coast of the Adriatic. And, um, well, right around here. Um, for the past 10 years, um, we've been, uh, this is a, a view of Coper on the coast. And this is the team we've been leading um, since 2016. And, and they've done a, a great job of following our leadership and we're very grateful for that. And so we were here back in 2017. Um, a lot has happened since that time. And I would say that most importantly, what has happened is that God has done through us what he called us there for, and that's to plan his church. And so we hope and, and trust that you're going to be encouraged by what we have to share today. Before getting to ministry, we're going to talk about Swanda family life in the past few years. In June of last year, Madeline graduated from ninth grade Sloving School. We are really proud of her willingness to stick it out because it wasn't an easy year for her. Here she is pictured with her classmates. Um, this school year, Madeline, Ben, and Lainey have been homeschooling with their mama, and we're praying um, to be finished by the end of this month. All three children were into indoor bouldering in Slovenia and before we left, and um, what the kids enjoy most now is connecting with their mis missionary kid friends. MK Camp uh, is where they're free to be themselves, are encouraged and lift up by their lifted up by their peers, and finally, here is a photo of Lee and I doing our hobbies. For me, that is being with our with my friends and my dog, and for Lee, it's biking in his free time. 
Well, before I get into the main focus of our ministry over the past few years, I'll just give a quick update on other things we've been involved in ministry-wise outside of church planning. And so our, our team continues to have a partnership with Child Evangelism Fellowship, otherwise known as CEF, and actually another youth ministry outreach called Josiah Venture, which focuses on reaching teens in communities and helping bring them into the local church that's already been established. And, and so we've been working with them and helping, with them, helping them with their camps around Slovenia. Um, in fact, you see these uh, four teens here. Um, they accepted Christ at a camp last summer that our teammates were at, and they're now involved in a regular Bible study with our team. And so here we are, our family last summer, helping serve another church at their camp, English camp, um, last summer. And so we were involved in games, te teaching English, and, and so on. And, and a, great, a great turnout for, for this church. You know, I just want to add, too, about just camps. They're a major source of outreach and a way that has really been impactful in reaching young people for the gospel. And like, like America is going to have this summer, it's, going to, it's a challenge. What are we going to do this summer? Have camps or how can we meet because of all the restrictions going on? So I'd appreciate, and they would appreciate, prayers for being wise over all of that. And so, yeah, when we were last year, we started, you know, we shared about having just started regular worship with a small group of, of Slovenes who, who had come together with us. They were ready to do Bible study and meet together. They were connected to different teammates, but they were ready to come together and gather together. And actually, this past February, they just celebrated their three-year anniversary of gathering together. But for us as, as church planners, you know, it's, it's important to see the need, like we've shared this in the past, that the church be Sl Slovene and not American. Um, you know, it's important. So how, how does that happen? Well, we need to see national believers recognize themselves together that they are the church and that they begin to take ownership of the things going on in it. And so we also wanted to see proof. Okay, are you, are you guys actually committed to each other? Or are you just committed to each of us missionaries? And, and most importantly, are you together committed to Christ and how he's at work in you? And, and just in being a, a local representation of his body, the church. And so later in 2017, after we'd come back to Slovenia from being in the States for our break here, they began calling themselves a church. And they even wanted to put a name on it. So we had a meeting with them. We'd brainstormed. We talked kind of about our identity. And, and their desire, their ultimate desire was that they be a light in the community, in a dark place. They came up with these funny two words, which are pronounced scoopnost luch. And in, in English, that translates to, as you see below, community light. Okay, so and again, it was their desire to be a light in the community, as, as you see from Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so a scoopnost, though, is actually in... It also translates to being a society, and, and that's a big thing in Slovenia. So if you're, a, if you're in a society, you're somebody, because it gives credibility to, to whatever hobby or thing it is you're doing. So like firemen will have a scoop nost, um, different sports teams have scoop nosts, or whatever hobby you can think of, um, but not just hobbies. In any event, um, you know, we kind of wrestled with this because it's like, well, it's not church. But, but then part of their explanation was also like, like look, you, got, you, you Americans, you don't understand or feel this, but for most people, when they hear the word church, it's like, eh, you know, they don't, they don't want to be associated with it because they've, it's just church has, over time, just kind of had a bad connotation. They don't trust the church. And, and, and in hearing that, it's like, okay, you know, we want to see the people want to come in to what we're doing. And so for, for the time being, as a team, we were okay with going with that, that name. And so who and what is Skupnos Luch? Well, we've been modeling ourselves after the church in the first century um, from Scripture. Um, so we teach the Word. We gather together every Sunday. 
we pray. People give a testimony of things going on in their lives. Um, we have singing and Sunday school. And here's Tina leading Sunday school at another apartment just because we didn't have room um, in the apartment that we're meeting at with, as adults. Um, we have tithing, financial giving, and this was initiated by Slovenes as they, uh, they found there was a need for someone in the church last year, and they wanted to step up and help that person. And so for me as a leader, and it's just kind of like, you know, there's, we're having conversations about when do we want to start financial giving, and it's like, you know, let's, let's see if Slovenes can, let's see if God leads people to do this on their own. Versus them, especially with the lack of trust that you see in that culture. So versus the, us feeling like we're forcing it on them and then, oh, well, you guys are actually all about money, which you don't want. You know, let's just trust God here and just see how he leads. And so a need came up. People started giving and then they're like, well, yeah, we should just start doing this regularly. You know, so that's a huge praise. And we just we have fellowship together. We, we do life together, not just in church on Sundays, but we're out doing things in the community together, Bible studies, um, reaching out to people. Here we were uh, celebrating Christmas in our apartment um, two Christmases ago. People love to play outdoor volleyball, sand volleyball. And people are getting baptized. And that's what it's all about. Um, and this, this was last August. This is my friend Igor baptizing his 84-year-old mother, Anna, in the Adriatic Sea. And a huge testimony to see an 84-year-old woman who's grown up in the Catholic Church to step out publicly in faith and be willing to be baptized as other Slovenes on the coast are watching was a huge, huge statement and testament to not only God's work in her life, but also her willingness step of faith in doing that publicly. So please keep Anna in your prayers. Um, you know, I just would say to, you know, we're, we're just a group of people broken who, who have seen their need for Jesus. Um, single moms, people who've overcome addiction and abuse, some unable to find unemployment, or find employment, sorry, some battling serious illnesses. You know, sound familiar? I mean, that's, that's God's people before He redeems them. And some still battling those things after they've come to faith. But He, he brings those people together because of their recognizing their need for Him. And so you see a picture here of us standing over Igor, who we elected as our first Slovenian elder back in September. And so that was a huge step of faith for, for the body as well. And um, there are two other men who actually are displaying a lot of the biblical qualities of what, who an elder should be. If you look at um, Paul's letter to Timothy and Titus and 1 Peter. And, um, you know, but for us, it's important to see the elders that we elect have the ability to teach the word as well. And these other two men aren't quite there yet. And so the, the apartment that we've been meeting in has out, actually outgrown its place and prior to the pandemic they had just started meeting in a public location that we had found to rent and meet in um, but like you all that was shut down and they had to start doing things online and and another big step was back in February they also joined an existing church fellowship with seven other churches around Slovenia and so the church actually then changed its name formally to the Evangelical Christian Church of Koper. And so you just see big steps happening. There's growth, there's commitment. You know, other Christians and churches from around Slovenia are recognizing what God is doing on the coast, and that's exciting. And so we thought it'd be just really good to actually introduce you to some of the people of the church, kind of see who they are and hear their voices and hear a little bit about them. So we're going to just, Tina and I, describe a few, some of them, and then you're going to see a short video after that. Lee and I met Renate about a year and a half ago. 
She contacted us through Facebook not long after her sister led her to Christ. She's a single mom of two sons, including one in the middle of the picture who's autistic. She came with a lot of pain. Her mother had abandoned her as a child. She suffered from breast cancer three times and even abuse from the Catholic Church, citing sin in her life as the reason her son was born this way. She came to us so hungry for the word, for Christian fellowship, and to be baptized as soon as possible. We set a day for the first Sunday in May last year, which tends to be a lovely month on the coast of Slovenia normally. She called us crying as she watched the forecast for that day turn from sunny and warm to high winds and heavy rain. Lee told her to calm down. He would baptize her in the snow if it happened. So take a look at these photos. Notice the calm swimming pool and the raging sea behind her. It was an amazing day for her baptism. Praise Jesus. I'm going to talk about my friend Gregor here in a second, but I want to mention something else from this photo with Renate. So here's, here's Gregor. You know, he's standing over as we baptize Renate, and, and he said something very profound after we had finished as we're standing kind of drying off and, and whatnot. And he said, if you take a look at the pool and the sea, He's like, what do you, you see? Like, this is a picture of Renate's life. Um, now that she's born again, redeemed person, you know, there's, there's inner peace in her. You can see that. Yet, she still has a lot of the storms of life going on around her. I was like, dude, Gregor, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a very profound statement. That's, that's awesome. And so speaking of him, here he is pictured with his uh, Philippine fiance now. Her name is Michelle, and she is not in Slovenia at the moment. Um, in any event, Gregor was one of the first four Slovenes as we started gathering, and he was a baby Christian at the time. He had actually come to faith through my teammates uh, David and Malia when they came on their first like survey or vision trip. Um, they ended up rooming together and leading him to the Lord. So very cool to see how God has been moving in Gregor's life. And he's been very faithful. He's grown a lot. Um, he really has a heart for and a spirit of evangelism. And so it's exciting to see when he's using that gift. This young lady, and her name is pronounced Neja. Neja is a college student who came to us as a new believer also one of the first four, and she was very fragile when she came. She, she's gone through some, some rough abuse in her family. Um, it's something that's left scars in her life, but it's been cool to see just how God has been strengthening and growing her as well. She's learning to trust Him more, and, and she's getting stronger, and she's even contemplating and call into some sort of ministry in the future, and so that's exciting. And she's the first Slovene in our church to invite a lost Slovene in and, and lead them to Christ and begin discipling them. And that person is Maya. And so here's a picture of Maya. And so Maya is a baby Christian, a, another college student who moved to Koper from another part of the country um, prior to coming to us. And so she's someone who we've seen significant change in since she first started coming to church. And she would just come kind of like this, you know, and just didn't say much. You really had to pry anything out of her. You could tell she was skeptical and just really trying to understand what this was all about that we were doing. And you'd hear of conversations she'd have with Neja. She's just, you know, doubting that God even exists and this, that, and the other. And well, you're gonna see in the video here in a second that she's now somebody full of joy um, she's been sharing, she's shared her faith with friends and family. She's made changes in her life due to conviction of sin. And, and so it's exciting to see fruit of salvation in her. And here is Igor again, who I had previously talked about, having baptized his mom and becoming an elder. And so he came to us as a mature believer, having spent five years of being discipled here in Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places. And that's kind of where his... Christian foundation was laid, and God has also done an amazing work of redeeming Igor. Um, 
once an addict, drug and alcohol, spent time in jail, was a driver for the mob in Italy. I mean, just he's, he's your typical tough guy, but um, he's a big teddy bear now. He really sees God leading him into full-time ministry, and um, he's been teaching with us for a couple of years, has a strong love for Jesus, and just living out what God's Word says. And so Slovenes really respect him and look up to him and for leadership in the church. So again, here's, here's the short video, and um, it's, I'll give you a heads up, it's in Slovene, and so please pay attention to the, the subtitles, um, and here you go. to je moja skupnost, to je moj del telesa Jezusovga, katero mu tudi sprepada. Tukaj sem kot doma. Tle so mi bratja in sestre, ki so mi najbližje. Meni mi je čisto veselje, da se ga odružim z njimi. V nedeljah, ob sredah, da lahko podelim z njimi to, kar je Jezus delal v mojem življenju, to, kar dobim od njegove besede. In užitk mi je poslušati, obozovati to, kar se dogaja v njihovih življenjih, ko mi govorijo, kaj Jezus v njih dela. Tukaj se odvija velik del mojega življenja, Ogromnih stvari sem se naučil. Predvsem se učim imeti milost z svoje bližnje, zaradi tega, ker tako lahko se nam zdi, da morajo biti vsi popolni in konc koncu nihče od nas ni popolni. In vsak ima svoje težave, vsak se bori s svojimi problemi v danem trenutku in da lahko sprejemamo in ljubimo tudi ljudi, ki so v težavah. Učil sem se bolj prepoznavati, kako Bog deluje skoraj naše življenja. Vem, družine pa pripadnosti, ker sem zdi, da nikoli prej nisem spadala nekamor, pač niti v svoji družini, niti pač nekje. In sem zdi, da torej spadam in da ste me ful dobro sprejeli. Naučila sem se, kako res ljubiti drug drugega. Najbolj mi je všeč to, da res hodimo skozi življenje skupaj in da smo drug ob drugem skozi veselje in skozi žalost in skozi težke in skozi lepe stvari. Da smo res povezani kot ena velika lepa družina. Sem sem. Če sem se mi ful kivtko je spal. Pridega so ful dobre, pa vedno se predstavite vščin. In ja, da se res da se počutim sprejeti Okay, so several believers now are sharing their faith with friends and family and growing in their maturity. You know, there's a lot of exciting things happening in the life of the church. I would say, you know, if you want to ask what's a growth area, an area of concern, it might just be, you know, seeing Bible as authority for some of the younger believers. It's easy to, as you're young and growing in your faith, well, yeah, that all, that part makes sense to me. But in reality, it probably doesn't hit up against some of your things that you're used to doing in life. And so the things that maybe hurt a little bit more, it's like, well, do I really need to follow that part? And yeah, we have to follow all of it. Um, and it, I would say another challenge would be just, you know, getting Slovenes to take ownership of the church. You know, I've talked about that's, that's a step we want to see, just people rising up and taking the lead in more things, discipling on their own, um, helping out just where needed, Sunday school and so on. And it's the the kind of the tendency as well you're the missionary you've come here this is your job you know we have other jobs this is your job so naturally you should do it and yeah that makes sense i get it um 
so it's not it's not perfect what we have going on just like any church you know there's issues there's problems to work through because the people are not perfect we're all we're all sinners you know we've had sin issues to confront in people some have chosen to to repent and fix what they've been doing and others have not and they've walked away and that's that always hurts a little bit to have that happen so the church is going to continue to have a missionary presence um, and leadership until we've got at least three Slovene elders that have been elected and they're showing the ability to uphold the qualities of a healthy church you know to govern and, and lead itself without us missionaries and then we as that's happening we look for ways to start stepping away and, and leaving it in their hands and so when it gets close to that point we start looking for next steps for us missionaries and Lord willing we'd like to see that be another place in Slovenia as there are many communities around the country still with no church um, but for our family over the past couple of years we've seen a need to put our kids into a better educational situation social situation as well for their long-term health and growth and earlier last year as it became clear that we needed to move elsewhere in order for that to happen our mission Avant Ministries also saw the need to add a new level of leadership as they ballooned overnight from 300 to 500 missionaries last July because another mission Camino Global came in under their umbrella and so we were asked Tina and I to take the role of being ministry directors for the Bal Balkan Slavic region of Eastern Europe and taking this job still allows us to be involved in church planning but at a, a kind of a higher level uh, by providing leadership to Avant's missionaries and team leaders across Eastern, Eastern Europe but it also allowed us to move to a place where we could still meet the needs that our kids have and so we've accepted that new position and after exploring different schooling options we've settled on moving forward in faith towards candor in germany and um, the school that we'll be putting our kids in is the black forest academy and so lord willing which is a big big phrase these days as we're probably never more been you know tested and do we really trust in lord willing um, after we return from this time back in the states we hope to be in slovenia in July at the latest latest have a couple of weeks of time with the church our team friends there saying goodbye again and then packing up all of our belongings and making the drive to southwest Germany and so Tina and I will be uh, providing leadership to 19 other missionaries in six countries and you can see these different colored countries uh, that will be leading and and so I'm going to be traveling to these countries regularly to meet with our missionaries just to coach them through challenges they're facing, encourage them, um, look for ways to add more missionaries to, to help them out and, and join them. And that's just kind of it in a nutshell. And just going to have a lot of regular communication with them, you know, looking at our, all of our tools that we use to measure our progress with them and so on. And so understandably, you might be asking, okay, well, what does this mean for the church in Coper then? Um, and, and that's a good question. So a piece, I believe a very good piece of being a, a leader is making yourself replaceable because as we all know in, in, in these times, you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Um, and it's just, so it's looking for, okay, who can I train up to replace me in case I'm not here tomorrow? And so after our teammate David kind of got through the highs and lows of adjusting the missionary life, I started mentoring him, uh, training him, talking through what it meant to be a leader in that scenario. And so then as it became clear to our family that a change was likely, we began communicating with the team and the church about it. And naturally and th thankfully, it was met with sadness. It wasn't met with, you know, good, see you later. Um, no, it was met with the desire for us to not leave. You know, but there was also an understanding and support, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and so in November, this past November, we passed the baton of leadership to our teammates, David and Malia. And so now we continue to regularly talk with them, just coaching them through tough decisions that they're already having to make and not owning the decisions for them, but just, you know, helping them to make them on their own. And, and then for the church, you know, I 
believe strongly that us stepping away, anytime a person steps away, it leaves a void. And so who's going to step up? Who's going to fill the void? And this is an opportunity for that. Um, and sooner or later, as church planners, we have to do that. It's uncomfortable. It can be messy. Um, but you have to trust God in that process. And there's going to be growing pains and challenges, just as Paul faced in the first century. And, and we're, not, so we're not leaving them high and dry. Um, we and our old teammates are going to continue to work with them. We're, the rest of the team is right there. They're involved. They're helping lead the church until it's clear that they're able to lead the church on their own. And from a personal standpoint, you know, this transition for our family has provided me for another opportunity for growth and, and just wrestling with, again, like we did more than 10 years ago, okay, God, what, what is your will for us now? And it wasn't easy for me. I had many months in the past couple years of just inner turmoil and wrestling with and seeking clarity from him over what does he want us to do? Is it stay in Slovenia or is it move on? You know, we always knew the day was going to come for us to move on. Um, but I had it in my mind that I was called to, re to plant the church and that we wouldn't leave from planting the church until it's completely ready for us to leave, like it doesn't need any more leadership. And Slovenes are ready for us to move on. Um, but that's, that's not what God's plan was. And we've also known, too, that our calling, first and foremost, as, is, is as parents and making our kids our first ministry and priority. And I, and I realized that my calling as a church planner couldn't be at the expense of my children. I, was, I don't, I don't want to look back 20 years from now and have regrets because my parents felt like, or my parents, <laughs> my children felt like I pushed them aside for the sake of ministry. You know, and, and our timing isn't God's timing, is it? And we couldn't have predicted how and when God would plant his church in Coper. We, we'd strategized, we based our um, experiments and strategies in prayer. We, we had a, a film club, an English club, other Bible studies, and yet all of a sudden, out of the blue, four believers who our team has gotten connected to are willing to start gathering together and, and join, and a church starts with our new teammates. The church grows, our new teammates come over, adjust well, begin serving and doing a great job still today, and, it, and God was preparing them for, for them to take the lead because he had a new challenge for us that we, he was calling us to. Still involved in church planning, like I said, but in a different capacity, and still connected to Slovenia as it's one of the six countries that we'll be involved with. And I believe that, uh, you know, here's the verse, Romans 8, 28. I think, I think this is part of what God was at work in us doing too. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Okay? And I believe that He has shown our family this through a series of events that have led us to where we're at today. He's working things together for our good. Not a good that is easy or comfortable, but it's good for what we need and what he sees for his purposes and for his glory. And so as I conclude here for a few minutes, I'd just like to give you a little pebble in your shoe as it would be um, something might bother you a little bit, but I hope it's in a good way. It's a bit of a challenge. And so here it is. A couple of years ago, um, a few of us from the church uh, were able to attend a church planning conference in Belgrade, Serbia, as a part of the Acts 29 network. And so there were church planners there from all over the world. So it comes to light that there's church planners sitting at the same table from neighboring countries, countries where there's just a tremendous amount of political tension and even war going on. And so one of the speakers, the key speakers, brings this to, to light to everybody, some hundreds of us, I don't know, three, four, five hundred. And, and I'm not going to say which countries, um, but it, it related to the biblical text that he was teaching through. And he reminded them that as brothers and sisters in Christ, they have more in common with each other than they do with their lost friends and family back in those countries. And that's right. That's absolutely right. And so if you have your Bibles with you, um, if you have them on your phone, I've got my old Bible. Um, 
I'd encourage you to please turn to uh, Ephesians 2. And I'm going to kind of summarize a a few things in Ephesians chapter 2 before we look at the main point of what I'm talking about. Just give you guys a couple minutes or a couple seconds here to pull that up. Okay, so looking kind of starting at the beginning of the chapter, you know, we see in the first three verses. I'm not we're not going to read through it all. First first three verses. Here we have, well, first it's Paul talking to, to the believers in the church in Ephesus. There's Jewish believers and there's Gentile believers. Gentile believers. That's you and I today. Anybody who's come to faith who is not Jewish, okay? And so now in chapter 2, he's talking to specifically to the Gentiles. And in the first three verses, he's telling them who they were without Christ in their lives. And then in verses 4 through 10, he's talking about who they were and who they are now with Christ. And that's who that speaks to us as well. Who are we with Christ? Okay, so then he continues on, and I want to hit on verses 12 and 13 before I get to the, the final verse, where Paul says, Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so he then he goes on, and, and I want to hit on verse 19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Okay, so if you're listening today, and just like me, just like Corey, others, we were all at one time, if, if we consider ourselves a believer today, we were all previously strangers or aliens, okay? And some of you may be listening, and you still are, because you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But why not do that today? Why not, at the conclusion of this, send Corey a message and be like, Dude, I want to I talk to you more about what it means to, to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If, if God is prompting you, if you're, you're like feeling something in your heart and your mind, that's, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you, and I encourage you to, to contact somebody um, that you know is a Christian. Um, but I would say to you, at this moment, you're not in his family, okay? You are a stranger or an alien, just as Paul says in the book of Ephesians. But, but he, he promises you that if you give your life to him, you'll be adopted into his family as his son or daughter. And that's, that's a promise. God doesn't break his promises. And that's for eternity. And so that starts with believing in your heart, in Jesus and what he did for you by dying on the cross, paying the penalty for the sins that you've committed, past, present, and future. Because you can't. You can't pay the price for all of the sin that you've committed, and neither can I for my own. And it's asking him, you know, Jesus, forgive me. I'm sorry. It's repenting. It's turning away from that sinful way of life and turning towards Jesus and making Him your Lord. And you start making Him your Lord by believing what He did for you, asking Him to forgive you. And then it's by opening His Word, the Bible, and following what it says and turning towards Him. And, um, you know, when you're at that point, your eternity can then be secure with Jesus and the rest of God's children. And that's your brothers and sisters at Real Life. That's Corey. That's me. And, I, you know, after this brief life of ours is older, and that's what Paul's talking about too, have an eternal perspective. That's what this is all about. We have eternity together as a part of God's family. We have way more time together with each other than we do with those who don't choose to come to Jesus. And so you have more in common with me and my wife with Igor, Gregor, Maya, and Nasia, the rest of the believers in Slovenia who you've never met, than you do with your lost friends and family right here in El Dorado. And I realize this, okay, this is where the pebble is. might be hard to hear. Um, But I think, again, think with an eternal perspective 
because you do have a lot more time ahead with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ than you do with the lost. And I hope it provokes you to be like, yeah, you know, you're right, Lee. Um, So-and-so comes to my mind. I need to get off my butt and go tell them about Jesus and look at the days we're in. There's no guarantee they're going to have tomorrow. So why not today go to them and tell them about Jesus? And so I brought this up to challenge you all, but also to thank you for, for being a church that is a light for El Dorado. I know that. It's growing. It's grown up. You guys have grown a lot in our 10 years of being supported by you all. Thank you for being mission-minded here locally, but also for supporting us as we seek to reach the lost in Europe. You know, we have, we're, we're living in this age where there's just so much information coming in front of us. And also there's just, how are the lost towards Christianity and toward, toward Jesus? More and more vocal and, and even violent in their opposition around the world. And so you see those two factors. And so what is human nature? It's to kind of retreat and get into self-preservation or protection mode. And that can tend to lead us to have an inward and protective focus. But keep walking together in Christ as a local body, okay? Making most of your time as a believer, keeping your focus outside of yourselves and on growing the church here. And so thank you, everybody, for your faithful and sacrificial support um, to see the church planted in Slovenia. And we look forward to what God has for us next. And so here are some... uh, some prayer requests that we have. And if you would, if you have a second, you know, take out your phone and take a picture of those. And um, please keep us in your prayers as God as God prompts you. And we do have um, new prayer cards also that uh, we'll, we'll leave with Corey and Andrea. And I'd ask him to pass those out whenever you guys start meeting together again. So um, God bless you all. Um, maybe we'll Get to see you before we head back this summer. Um, But we love you and and thank you for this time. Amen. So thanks a lot, Lee and Tina, for um, sharing with us today. And, you know, this really wraps up the series that we've been on called To Be Continued. And we've been talking about what Jesus had to say to different individuals and groups of people between the resurrection and his ascension back to the Father. And we're wrapping up today with what Lee and Tina shared and the gospel going to other parts of the world and really all around the world through individuals that God leads to do that. And um, certainly if, if you're feeling like maybe God is calling you to not just pray for Lee and Tina, not just support them financially, um, but maybe to do what they do. And to go to another part of the world, I'm sure you can reach out to them, reach out to me. We'll put you in touch with somebody that can get you into that place. Um, Because look, the world needs to know that not only Jesus is king, but that he's coming back. And and, and we need more people to share and tell more people that message. So we're wrapping up this series today and we're ending with Matthew 28. It's the last thing that Jesus says to anybody before he goes to be with the Father, and this is what he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So we have this great promise from Jesus, not only that he's going back to be with the Father, but that he will come back again for us. And so we have a mission. At Real Life, um, we, we say it this way, to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day. And so Lee and Tina are doing both of those things. Uh, they've been doing that in Slovenia. You can see that they've shared their faith with people and they've given their lives to Jesus. And now they are sharing their faith with others. And they're looking more like Jesus by sharing their faith and, and helping others grow. And now Lee and Tina are going to be able to do that, not just for um, one city in one country, but for multiple cities in six different countries. And so that's awesome. And we're very excited to be a part of that and continue to support them um, as they go back whenever that happens um, and continue to share the good news of Jesus. And so, uh, so appreciate your prayers um, for that and uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, if you have questions, chat. 
uh, go up, leave a direct message, whatever. Uh, we'll put you in touch with the right people, share whatever we can. Um, and so appreciate you being here with us today. Yeah.